Hi everyone, welcome back to Women of the Hobby today. Uh, this is episode number 39, I believe. And so we have a special guest with us. So we have Stephanie from Mama Breaks. So how are you doing today, Stephanie? I'm doing great, Sam. Um, awesome. Honored to be here, excited to have a conversation with you and finally meet you face to face. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on and get to hear more about what you're doing and kind of just all about you and, and your hobby kind of story as well. So I guess that's kind of the, the first place I do want to hit and start is just understanding, you know, how did you personally get into the hobby and kind of what are you doing now uh, within the hobby? Okay, so I think we all have this story where we kind of collected as kids and I did. I was really into Pokemon as a kid when that was really popular and I really loved baseball growing up too and ripping baseball packs is something that I did but I really had no guidance or no idea that the value that you can find in some of these packs even then and I feel like now it's such a difference because we have we have more exposure to all these parallels and short print numbers and that just wasn't the case before so I definitely didn't um, keep those in a nice binder or anything when I was younger and like most of us grew out of it eventually grew out of my Pokemon cards and baseball cards, Dodger cards that I had mostly. And um, again, I still love baseball. It's something that, I, that has always followed me even into being an adult. And um, once I caught wind of this whole hobby coming back and being so popular during quarantine, I figured I'd take a look into it. And I thought it would be really cool to get my stepdad at the time. It was his birthday around this time last year, actually. And I thought to myself, let me get him a really nice sports card for his birthday. And I just, I like to say I fell into the hobby rabbit hole after that. I just started, I'm a big researcher. I love researching and I, I started researching parallels because I really wanted to get him something special. And I, and I just decided that this is something that I wanted to do as a hobby mm -hmm. that I wanted to do with my kids and it's turned into this now <laughs> almost a year later <laughs> yeah definitely but I can kind of echo the the kind of researching aspect I think that's something yeah like within the first couple of days of like really getting back into it I was like almost overwhelmed and over consumed with all the knowledge that there is to know about cards and there I mean there's still things that uh, I'm learning today but yeah it's it's crazy to see as you were saying kind of way back then there there weren't as many parallels now we have like 100 parallels per each card set and everything that you're looking for so no it's awesome to see kind of I think the growth of the hobby you know kind of echoed in the growth of these parallels I think it's kind of hopefully you know matching up to the amount of demand that there is for this product and, and that kind of thing as well that's definitely the becomes the issue yeah <laughs> they're going to be enough demand but I think you know like with fanatics and it they're going to help make it a lot more mainstream and I think it will yeah we'll see the demand mm -hmm. yeah definitely so you kind of mentioned Callie you kind of like first initially got in and and kind of went down the rabbit hole that is sports cards and, and trying to understand everything that it is. So how exactly, I know you currently run Mama Breaks. So how exactly did Mama Breaks come about and, and what's kind of been your, 
your outlook or your, your process on it so far? So I decided to start mom breaks because, you know, again, I decided that this is something, a hobby I wanted to pursue seriously. Mm -hmm. I do. I love baseball. I love Dodgers. I love Kershaw more than anything is my favorite player and I collect them the most. And I thought to myself, how cool would it be to eventually build a collection with my boys? My, my two boys are two and a half and one year years old. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I want to make this, um, like a family thing for all of us. I want to make sure that I'm teaching them about sports and having them build the same passion with me because it's something that we can do together, but also teach them the business aspect of it. Right. Because I don't know if something that's always um, a question that I've always had is I've always wanted to start a small business, but I've never felt like I found anything that I was that interested in until I found sports cards. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, honestly. I think, yeah, a lot of businesses have been created over the past, you know, since the boom of sports cards, which I think is awesome because I think it's allowed people to kind of pursue that dream of, oh, like, you know, owning something that's theirs. And I think I agree. If you have the passion behind it, that's awesome that you felt like, okay, this is the one thing that I, I want to allocate my time and, and everything to, which is great. And I definitely believe in the future of entrepreneurship with, you know, social media, TikTok, Instagram. I think in general, people are going to find that they can make their passion, their small business. And the, the fact that we can essentially market ourselves without having to pay someone to put our ad on TV, you know, it's, yeah. it's just going to show we're just going to see a boom of all kinds of entrepreneurs becoming, you know, famous on, on Instagram and TikTok and having their businesses flourish. It's no longer who can afford to be on TV. It's who's going to put in the work to create the best content and provide the most value and understand their audience more and give them what they want and all that kind of stuff. So I just think the opportunity is, is unbelievable that we're seeing nowadays with social media. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think it's almost become, you know, in a sense, it's become easier than ever to, as you're saying, market yourself and, and put, put in the work and yeah, whatever content you make, if it, if the audience deems it better than someone else's, or if they like it more, or just like it a lot in general, uh, I mean, it's probably going to prevail as, as growing your business and, and a good stream of that. So yeah, I definitely agree. I think social media I say easier than ever, but then I also think about it. And I think in a sense, it's easier than ever to do it on your own, but there's also, because it is so easy, there's so much more competition, like in terms of what you're doing. So I can see how that kind of plays a role of there's just over, maybe like an overabundance of content right now. And I think that's kind of why some content is prevailing and others are kind of still, there's just so much of it, you know? Absolutely. I think about that too. Like the oversaturation of just in general, like if you think about the hobby specifically, how many people are trying to do breaks? Right. You know? So it is, um, that's something, I, one of the challenges that arose for me at the beginning and still is a challenge is how do I stand out? You know, how can we do things different and how can we innovate in a way where we're providing something that, you know, not most people will. And if you think about it in that sense, we're only making the hobby better. The more competition there is, there, 
the more we have to innovate and get better and make a better product and service for the people buying, the people participating in the hobby. So yeah, I think no, it's yeah. a good thing. Oh, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think as you're saying, it just like, if you, if you kind of one up everyone and you're like, okay, well, we're doing this now, like at a certain point, people might think, oh, they're doing that. Like we have to do that. And that becomes the norm. And then you have to think of something else that differentiates yourself. So yeah. Absolutely. And if the norm becomes something that's good for everyone, that's even better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you started Mama Breaks, you said about, or you really got in or so about a year ago, or how long really have you been starting the breaking? The breaking officially about six months ago. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Because I mean, you've, you've obviously got like an awesome account going and I'm sure an awesome audience in, in terms of the breaking community too. So what do you think like was attributed to, to growing the community so fast and how you're able to, you know, do all of that? That's so short that it's only been six months. Yeah. Uh, well, I attribute it to a lot of different things. More, mm -hmm. First and foremost is the community that I have met not only on social media, but in person. Mm -hmm. The most opportunity I've gotten actually is from the people that I've met at card shows and at my local card shop. And, you know, just building those connections with people in person has made the world of difference, I think. And um, the connections I've built with people online too, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's very important just as an entrepreneur in general, I'm not saying just if you're trying to be a breaker or stuff like that, it definitely ties in. And I see it that way, not seeing uh, people as customers, but as friends, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, especially because of how our hobby works. It's we're all collecting together. Yeah. We're, you as a collector, you're, even if you don't want to, you're in the business of buying, selling, and trading. Mm -hmm. That's an aspect of the hobby. That's part of being in the hobby. So if you treat people like friends, you're forming those relationships. And even me as a breaker, I join other breaks. Yeah. So it's kind of like, a, you know, we do, we, we support each other. It's not, it's not a give and take relationship. It's a give, we're all giving. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I really don't know if I've thought about it from that point of understanding, okay, it is a hobby, but in a sense, we all are making like transactions off of each other. Uh, so in like a very business strict way, you could say, oh, that's a customer. But in reality, you would really, I think you would want to say first, oh, that's my friend. Like we've done deals together. Like, you know, that type of sentiment around it more so. Um, that definitely makes sense. And honestly, that was a question I was going to ask was, you know, like, do you participate in other breaks? Like kind of, you know, what, what's that like for you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I, I joined breaks, like I said, with people who I consider friends, who I um, appreciate the way they do business, the way they ship, the way they set up their breaks. And I, like you said, I feel like it's less of a, uh, you're my customer as far as we've done deals together it's funny because um I'll, I'll just plug someone <laughs> here that taught me this that made me see that it made me see this and that made me realize that I was seeing it that way was uh G Rippin mm -hmm. I don't know if you'll even see this but 
he came up to me and he said, oh, you know, Mama Brig Stephanie, nice to meet you. I hope we can do a deal together one day. And that just stuck with me thinking like, that's the right mentality, I think. You know, yeah. you're, we're building connections with each other and the, the act of doing a deal together is just what solidifies a relationship to me, I think. Yeah. And so people that have bought from me, I'm more comfortable buying from them and vice versa. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of just like establishing that foundation of like the overall relationship is almost kind of like making a deal and it's like, okay, like I trust you, you trust me. Like, uh, mm -hmm. I think that's overwhelmingly, you know, within the past week of all this crazy news, I think trust and in someone within the hobby is becoming bigger and bigger in a lot of different ways just with everything going on um so yeah I, I agree I think kind of the culmination of that trust is let's do a deal like that's kind of like I trust you type, type of sentiment too um yeah that's that's really awesome so in terms of your breaking for for six months I still can't get over that it's only been six months so like I feel like you've been able to set everything up very fast you've got like a great following going and um everything which is which is awesome yeah and I also I wanted to mention that I attributed to platforms like you know eBay makes it really easy to buy sell and trade and even sell breaks there too and whatnot has made it extremely easy to put on live shows and sell breaks that way too so we can't I feel like uh, taking advantage of those platforms as much as you can is also important right you know, putting yeah. yourself as on as many platforms as you can because you never know and as early as possible because you never know what the next big thing is going to be and then let's say for example you gave um i know another platform that's coming up right now is like a i i'm sorry if i forgot <laughs> it's, called, it's like drip shop oh yeah i've heard of that so, you know, people who are maybe skeptical right now, but if you're really trying to put yourself out there, that would be a perfect platform to get on right now. And who knows a year from now, they can be the next whatnot. And when everybody's scrambling, trying to get on the platform, you've already established yourself. So, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's best to kind of, you know, you're kind of expanding your audience too. There might be a particular group that goes to drip shop now and maybe that's someone who is interested in sports cards and, and they want to get involved in, in breaking and, and joining breaks so yeah I, I definitely agree there that's probably the way to go yeah I've seen you make uh some TikToks and, and other content and stuff I think the last one I don't know if you posted it to your story but I'm like a really big fan of kind of like clean aesthetics and I noticed that you had a process for like taking pictures of your cards which I really like because I have like sometimes I have the hardest time and it really deters me from doing it of taking a picture of my card because of like the certain lighting or the glare or anything like that so I appreciated that video <laughs> oh absolutely uh I love that you loved it yeah I just that's something that at the be very beginning of starting my page I struggled with a lot too Mm -hmm. And once I finally found my, the hang of it, I was like, I gotta share this with everybody because <laughs> I know I wasn't the only one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I think that I just kind of like when, especially like when you're running like a small business or anything like that, if things look very uniform or like there's a certain way or that you kind of always expect their cards or their hits to be posted. I, I really like that. Um, I, I think it looks great for the page too. Absolutely. And that's a lot of I uh, having to 
that has a lot to do with how you market yourself too. And I think we need, if you know, if you're looking to build your um, audience and your Instagram more, first thing you got to do is not care about the followers yeah. as much as care about the engagement. So once you start thinking that way, you start thinking, okay, these are my friends that I'm putting content out for. What do they want to see from me? What have they liked in the past? So again, you're moving away from that transactional way of thinking. Mm -hmm. You're thinking I'm building relationships here and how can I build a brand? So I love it. I love it when I see other um, hobby accounts talking about brand because it's really important if you think about it that way. Like you said, you have to have an aesthetic to the way your page looks. You have to have a, a one voice, you know, like if your page is run by several people, you make sure you have a consensus of how this is how we're going to speak and write things out. You have to tell stories. It's all. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I definitely agree. And that's something like I thought about more with, with the women of the hobby pages uh, just kind of like cleaning it up a little bit in terms of like having more of a schedule of posting. And I know sometimes that may not be seen as like authentic of you should just post when you want to post. And, and I agree, but I think I also like there to be some type of like bare bone structure around the posting and like, just like continuing to build it because yeah, I don't want people to go to my page and get lost in everything that they see. I kind of want them to begin to feel comfortable with, okay, like I can expect this from her. This is the type of thing that, that she'll be doing. Um, obviously I don't want to stay stagnant in that either. I want to continue to, to grow it out, but I do agree. I think that's something that I begin to think about more in terms of a brand and, and just how you build that. Um, it, it's super helpful. Absolutely. And, uh, consistency is a whole other monster. That's just hard. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with that too. And I've been trying to find different strategies and ways to stay consistent. Like you said, it's, a, it's really important for your audience to be able to expect certain things from you. Yeah. I still struggle. I'm still trying to find, you know, segments that I can establish and, and uh, like you said, certain posts on certain days and certain stories on certain days. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I kind of always like that. I just know in like other hobby accounts that I follow or really even just like a, a cadence with different podcasts of, okay, on Wednesdays, I, I expect Card Talk Pod to come out. Like I'm, I'm expecting to listen to that on Wednesday. So having that type of, you know, yeah, structure and consistency is, is something that I also need to work on too. Um, yeah, but structure helps you stay consistent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so we have just a few more minutes here, but there are a couple other questions and topics I want to get into. So this one might just be kind of like an easy, cheesy question, but so far uh, within your time of breaking, what do you think has been like your favorite product that you've broken so far? That I've personally broken is optic, optic oh. football and optic basketball. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I prefer it over prism, honestly. Really? Yeah, and I think the parallels that came that they came out with this year are beautiful. And to me, there's nothing more classic than the white border for the base. I don't mind having a base Herbert optic because it's it's just so clean looking to me. So. Yeah, I agree. I think optic does have a certain appeal to it. And I agree. I think the parallels, that was one thing I was thinking about was were the parallels in optic. 
I, I do like them. Like, I think the colors just kind of like, they hit different. Like, I don't really know how to de describe it, but the colors and optic are, are definitely very nice. And I think Prism, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm very interested to see kind of with this Topps Fanatics thing, like the whole, the whole era of Prism and what that will be and what that may or may not become. Uh, it, it, I think it's just gonna be interesting, but okay. So optic, I do enjoy optic as well. But um, the other thing that I did wanna hit on uh, here is I know that you are going to be Mint Collective. So uh, that's super exciting. And you're actually going to be going as kind of like a moderator for a panel, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So I just, uh, I didn't know if you had any thoughts surrounding kind of like what you expect from this event. Um, I know for me personally, I'm really looking at it as, you know, first and foremost, I'm also on a panel. So I'm super excited to kind of just even really be invited to this event, which I think is great. Um, but also just in terms of networking, like I know you mentioned those in-person relationships have really progressed your business. So I definitely think this is probably one of the best events of the year you know, besides maybe the national to kind of get that exposure and, and meet other people. Absolutely. I share all your sentiments equally. Like you said, <laughs> the part that um, you're even like honored that you're invited. I felt the exact same way, to be honest. And I'm still, I still feel very lucky and honored to be a part of it and be a part of a, as a moderator on a panel. And I am looking at it like that, specifically most excited for the in-person relationship building. And I would say this may be even more important than the national, especially if you're trying to go out there and build your brand and build your business because you're gonna see everyone on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. I believe you're gonna have more opportunities than meant to meet those, those people that can help you grow. So the yeah. national, I, I've never been to a national personally. This will be my first one this year, but um, I can imagine it could get overwhelming there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we'll see, Mint. We'll see, too. <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree. I think the national is first and foremost a card show with, like, other events on the side where I think this is more so, like, uh, like a, almost like a conference or, like, an expo on on sports cards um, with a card show attached type of thing. So not that the card show is secondary in any means, I'm sure it will be a great show um, as well, but I think there is more of a heavy focus on the different panels and the different other kind of ongoing programming events uh, going on throughout that weekend for sure. Yeah, I agree. So I'm very excited for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which yeah, I was, kind of sad that it got rescheduled, but I also totally understand with safety and, and the health of everyone and also recognizing that it would have been like literally almost a week from today would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah, actually I was uh, disappointed at first too. And now that we're getting closer to the date, I was like, well, maybe March was better. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think the new year has kind of snuck up on me recognizing that halfway through January almost, and it'll, I'm sure it'll be March, honestly, before we know it. Absolutely, it's almost February. It's yeah, <laughs> it is definitely crazy. Um, but yeah, I think kind of the last thing here that I wanna close out with is kind of, you know, what are your expectations for this year? Kind of, what are you looking to grow into for the business this year? 
Uh, definitely. I And I came into this year really wanting to focus on doing more content creation. Mm -hmm. And just, uh, I think, like I talked about earlier, trying to innovate and find new ways to do breaking. So yeah. Been, I have some things planned, hopefully. Yeah, you can't share all your secrets. You gotta, you gotta yeah. different. You gotta have that leg up. Oh, I totally understand. But yeah, no, I, I definitely think even though we mentioned that content creation, in some ways it's oversaturated, but in other ways, it hasn't. The surface hasn't been scratched, type of thing. I think you know if you have really good quality content, I think there's a lot of content that, unfortunately, may not be quality. It's just kind of someone you know doing their best. But I think if you continue. To be consistent and its quality, I, I think there's definitely room for that to grow and as kind of expand your business too. Yeah, and I think um, sometimes, and I'm guilty of this myself, especially once you're in the hobby for a few months already, you forget that there's that we're still a very small population compared to the whole population that is not in sports cards. Yeah. So I think when it comes to create content creation for people not in the hobby. I wouldn't even say the surface has been scratched. There's still tons of opportunity there. I still have so many people in my DMs constantly asking me, oh, how much is this worth? How much is that worth? Something that we, the knowledge that we take for granted, knowing there's still so many people out there with the, that, that don't have like a source to go to for that information yet. You can't just Google this stuff. Right, right. No, I, I totally agree. And I think the first avenue that people head to for that knowledge right now is, is TikTok. Like people will see it on TikTok. People will see it on Instagram, YouTube to a point. There are certain, I think there's some YouTubers who do a really good job at trying to teach and, and, and learn. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, yeah, recognizing that a lot of people still have no idea really what cards are what yeah. they become is is very interesting point considering I'm sure our lives for the past while now have been totally consumed by cards, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not even, I don't even know. I don't want to give a percentage to it, but a very small percentage of people are actually in sports cards currently, I would say. <laughs> mm -hmm. And also when you think about it too, like I think about it in terms of my audience, how many um, women we still don't have in the hobby or, if, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't women out there that don't collect and don't have you know, social media accounts. I just think that even bringing women in the hobby, that surface hasn't been scratched yet either. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think, yeah, that's definitely something from my end that I, I try to have more of a lens on and understanding, but I think there has been a certain amount of growth, but I also wonder if my own personal kind of scope or community is a little bit more biased just because I'm continuing to work with more women. So um, I would hope to, to think that it's grown a little bit, but I agree. It's, it's still a, a very small percentage of the overall sports card community. So definitely something that I think could, could grow there too. Absolutely. And you do a great job with helping that too. And I, I agree with you because sometimes I think, well, I see a lot of women, but yeah. I can see how they would be attracted to my account too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm kind of like, but I think what you're doing is helping a lot more women feel comfortable starting. So that's a good place to start yeah yeah definitely I I hope so and yeah I appreciate that I definitely kind of have the goal of just recognizing okay where can I kind of go to to meet other women or just like see other women's pages because I know that was something that 
I was really interested in and in, in, in meeting other women in the hobby as well. Um, yeah, no, this has been like a, a really great conversation. I've really enjoyed just getting to learn more about you and your business and, and kind of what you're looking forward to uh, within the hobby. Um, so I'll probably close it out here, but before I do so, I'll just kind of give you the, the last say or last baton on anything you want to share or say, and then you can also kind of uh, share your Instagram or other places that you're breaking at. Okay, yeah, so um, thanks for having me on, Sam, and uh, thank you everybody for taking the time to listen, if you've listened this far, and uh, for more of my content and plans and sharing my journey, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Mama Briggs. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much uh, for coming on and I'm sure we'll be seeing and, and hearing more from you later. So thank you. Thank you, Sam. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you.